0: 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time Prayer Psalm 25 Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your path. Lead me in your truth. And teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love. For they have been from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions according to your steadfast love. Remember me. For your goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way.
1: Reading the Word First reading Ezekiel chapter 18 God said, Yet you say, The way of the Lord is unfair. Hear now, O house of Israel, Is my way unfair? Is it not your ways that are unfair? When the righteous turn away from their righteousness and commit iniquity, They shall die for it. For the iniquity that they have committed, they shall die. Again, when the wicked turn away from the wickedness they have committed and do what is lawful and right, they shall save their life. Because they considered and turned away from all the transgressions that they had committed, they shall surely live.
2: They shall not die. Second Reading, Philippians Chapter 2 If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord, and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. even death on the cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus
0: Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Gospel Matthew chapter 21 Jesus said, What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of the father? They said, the first, Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed in him, and even after you saw it, you did not change your mind and believe him.
1: Hearing the Word Excuses This Sunday's liturgy of the Word calls attention to the use of excuses in order to justify one's actions, attitudes, and beliefs which go contrary to God's will and contradict God's purposes. The prophet Ezekiel, like his contemporary Jeremiah, lived through a time of tremendous turmoil that led to the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple. Ezekiel found himself in exile in a faraway country, Babylonia, together with other Israelites. Understandably, the exiles tried to understand the reasons for such utter destruction of the once glorious city and for their own tragic fate. They were asking how the faithful God Of Israel could allow such a disaster to happen to his city and his people. One of the answers was to lay blame for the disaster on the past generations and their wrongdoing. In this view, God unjustly punished an innocent generation for the sins of those who had gone before. Such reasoning absolved the exiles from any responsibility. For what had happened, laying instead full blame on earlier generations and on god's unjust verdict, the prophet reacted to these accusations against God and their forefathers, pointing to god's unquestionable justice, manifested in the personal responsibility laid upon each person for his or her righteousness or wrongdoings. The prophet insisted that each person bears the consequences of his or her own actions and is not punished for the actions of others, especially those of former generations. Thus Ezekiel made it clear that the exiles themselves bore responsibility for their fate. Moreover, Ezekiel emphasized that turning away from wickedness was necessary. In order to experience God's salvific action. The Israelites denying responsibility for the exile also denied themselves the possibility for restoration. Only if they accepted the blame for their current situation and more importantly turned their life around in acts of repentance will they survive the exile and seek God's salvation. The excuses they invented to avoid the blame for the exile were preventing them from recognizing and accepting the truth of their own guilt. In the long run, however, the same excuses would prevent
2: them from experiencing God's salvation. In the second reading, St. Paul continues to address the Philippian community. There were relatively few problems among its members and the apostle enjoyed a a trouble-free relationship with them. Still, the Christians in Philippi struggled with selfish ambitions and pride, which led to quarrels, divisions, and disunity. Paul reacted to these problems in two ways. First, he made a personal appeal that they should consider each other with sufficient humility and concern as to seek the best interest of one another. Second, he eliminated any possibility of finding excuses for acting selfishly and in self-interest by appealing to the highest authority, Christ Himself. In one of the most beautiful hymns in the New Testament, Paul describes how Christ, while existing together with God in the heavenly realm, abandoned all his privileges and superior status, humbly accepted humanity, and eventually died a cruel and shameful death on the cross in order to redeem the people. In the first lines of the hymn, Paul writes that Christ did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. By this, Paul emphasizes that Christ did not take his superior position for granted and did not look for excuses to retain it. On the contrary, he willingly accepted the difficult and painful mission, having in mind the good of humanity. His sacrifice brought salvation and led to his subsequent exaltation by the Father. If Jesus looked for excuses to avoid this mission, he would not have suffered, but he would not have become the Savior either.
0: In the passage preceding the parable of the two sons, which we hear in today's gospel, the Jewish leaders challenged Jesus about the source of his authority. Their intentions were insincere, because envious of his wisdom, power and influence, the leaders were looking for an opportunity to accuse Jesus of wrongdoing and discredit him. Jesus responded by revealing their true intentions by means of the parable of two sons. The first son initially refuses the father's request, but upon reflection, he realizes his error and fulfills the father's will. The second son is insincere from the beginning to the end. While pretending to obey the father's wishes, he has no intention of fulfilling them and hides his insincerity by a lie. When asked, even Jesus' opponents were able to correctly judge which of the two sons acted appropriately. Next, Jesus turned the parable against his opponents, revealing their insincerity, similar to that of the disobedient son. First, the leaders refused to believe John the Baptist and respond to his message. Similarly, when Jesus came behaving differently and with a different message, they also refused to accept him, even though they saw the good fruits of his ministry. Their refusal resulted from jealousy, which led them to find excuses for not accepting either of God's heralds. The excuses they used to reject both John the Baptist and Jesus are plainly revealed in Matthew chapter 11. The leaders made up their minds and found reasons to act in a way that suited their views and purposes. Their attitude differed drastically from that of the sinners who recognized and acknowledged the errors of their ways and did not look for excuses to continue in their sins. As a result, they were able to repent while the leaders continued in their stubborn rejection of the Messiah.
1: Today's readings emphasize the importance of not allowing one's own views and purposes to obscure God's intentions. Ezekiel's fellow exiles were so self-defensive that they refused to accept any responsibility for the disasters that had befallen them, blaming instead the ancestors and God's injustice. Saint Paul carefully reminded the Philippines that they have no excuses for perpetuating the self-interested and selfish attitudes which divide the community. Their Teacher and Lord, Jesus, had every opportunity to remain in the divine state. Yet without looking for any excuse, he sacrificed himself for their salvation. In the Gospel, Jesus accuses his opponents, the Jewish leaders, of dishonesty. They looked for excuses for rejecting both him and his precursor, John the Baptist, without any valid reasons. Excuses and reasons to justify any action can easily be found. Christian responsibility, however, lies in honestly seeking God's truth and light so that the decisions and actions taken may not be self-serving but be aimed at the good of others. This requires honesty and humility because as the psalm is correctly recognized God lists the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way
2: Listening to the word of God This Sunday's liturgy of the word admonishes us to reflect on our tendency to find excuses and blame others for our own mistakes failures and sins This tendency comes very naturally to us and was first seen in the story of Adam and Eve. In the African context, the elders are considered to be upright and morally outstanding in the community. When an elder makes a mistake, he or she will not admit it, but rather lay blame on a younger person. In the community, when misfortunes such as droughts, deaths, or any other calamities occur, the living blame the ancestors for letting them down. Yet the first reading and the gospel teaches to admit our limitedness and accept responsibility for our actions. To be able to do so, we must first change our minds and hearts. We often give excuses because of fear of embarrassment and critique. When made aware of our limitedness, failures, lack of responsibility and mistakes, we feel shame and loss of self-confidence, which leads us to blame the circumstances or, or others in order to save face. For instance, in the family when things go wrong, The husband blames the wife, the wife blames the children, the children blame the cats, the cats blame the dogs, and so on. As Christians, we must be courageous enough to accept our mistakes and failures, and have courage to apologize for them. In fact, such honest and open acknowledgement of mistakes and failures lead others to see us as mature and responsible people, while making excuses leads to a loss of credibility in the eyes of others. When people discover that we are not brave enough to be held accountable, they will stop trusting us, knowing that we are neither dependable nor reliable. Ironically, by trying to save face, we
0: lose it. Excuses also make life fruitless and prevent personal growth and development. As Christians, we must not let the habit of finding excuses take root in us, because then, we will never be able to achieve anything meaningful in life. Excuses appear particularly at times and in situations which are difficult or require effort. Many today search for effortless and easy success. This leads to stealing, corruption, cheating and moral compromises. Yet, true success is achieved through serious and consistent efforts which require discipline and sacrifice. Faced with such demands, we often find excuses for not doing what is required. Our laziness and desire for comfort produce countless excuses for not doing what is demanding and challenging. Yet experience shows again and again that the easy path and dishonest shortcuts never lead to the success that will last. Similarly, we often blame others, such as teachers, employees, parents or leaders for what goes wrong in our lives. It is always somebody else's fault and never my own. Yet, by blaming others, we stubbornly refuse to examine ourselves and as a result, we fail to improve ourselves. If it is always someone else's fault... It means that I am faultless and do not need to change anything about me and my behaviors. Such attitudes will inevitably result in repeating the same mistakes over and over again because we will identify and change only what causes us to fail.
1: Acknowledging one's mistakes and not blaming others for our failures is therefore essential and necessary for us to grow and develop as human beings. It is also necessary in order to discern and follow the will of God for our lives because often God speaks to us in the midst of our faults and failures. If we do not freely admit them, then we will also miss the lesson from God. who falls always tries to, tries to, try try to justify the fall.
2: Action. Self-examination Do I habitually blame others for my mistakes and failures? What kind of excuses do I give for not reading the Word of God and finding time for my personal prayer? Response to God I make a personal commitment to God that, in the course of this week, I will not be looking for excuses for my shortcomings and mistakes. Response to your world I will identify one mistake I oftenly make and honestly reflect on what in me brings about that mistake. As a group, we reflect on what we could do to raise awareness of the damaging tendency to blame others for everything that goes wrong.
1: Our gracious God, your ways are fair and just. Instruct us to walk your path and teach us to accept and admit our sins and failures. Help us to be mindful of our actions and recognize you, Lord, as a merciful Lord. Lead us into what is right and teach us to be humble, like your Son, Jesus Christ. We ask this through Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you, one God forever
2: and ever. Amen.